Hi, everybody. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Come on in. Let's go. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S., on this uh, meh kind of Monday evening. Mm. Um, a lovely, different intro there. As you can probably tell, we are doing Disney. Um, not just Mickey Mouse, but we are doing Disney uh, in general. I'm joined as well today by Alex. Alex from Colossal Escape. Hello again, Alex. Hello, nice to be back. I think this is like <laughs> the fifth week running now. Yes, yes. It's, Apart uh... from last week, obviously, when I weren't around because I was on my holly bobs. <laughs> Gonna have to start paying me soon. Though. I know. I know. I'm gonna have to start giving you royalties or something. Um, so yes. Yeah, so today is all about Disney. Um, I, sorry that I wasn't around last week. I was actually on holiday in Disney, uh, Disneyland Paris. Hence why we're talking about Disney today. Mm. Um, the tier of the week is the uh, Moana Disney Moana inspired um, Maui T-shirt. Just an ordinary demi dad. Uh, which is done by the awesome girls at Sorella Print. So if you want custom tees, speak to them because they do an amazing job and can pretty much do whatever you want them to do. Um, so yeah, Disney today. We're not going to play a song. We're going to kick straight into <laughs> films. I'll do a little bit, be a little bit different today. Um, no reviews or anything done this week because obviously I've been on on holiday yeah. and then everything I've watched has been Disney. <laughs> I've literally watched every Disney film, which is. Not sad in the slightest, actually. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna we'll just kick off with favorite Disney film. Let's um, just jump straight in and go straight for it. Favorite Disney film, Alex. Okay, I have a couple. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I've uh, got like the sort of favorite five, um, which is uh, number one, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, remake or original? The original. Um, I think I I enjoyed the remake, but. That was live action, and um, I think something was lost a little bit in the translation. Uh, in regards to just generally uh, the other other sorts of movies I'm I'm into, I was sort of raised on Disney, so uh, things like Tarzan, Aladdin, Hercules, like like the, sort the of older school ones, older yeah. school Disney films, the ones that weren't focused on princesses. <laughs> Which is, you'll be surprised at just how much oh, and Lion King in, in Disney it's just. Princesses, princesses. We did in, in in Disneyland. We did the um, Auberge de Cendrillon, which is the um, basically it, it's like the princess meat, like for, oh, for yeah. my kids and stuff. Yeah. Seventy five euros for an adult, forty five euros wow. for a kid. I'm not even surprised. I mean, the meals <laughs> were like they were Michelin star meals. Yeah, they were, and it was four courses. Mm. So you know, but you. You usually get to meet two or three princesses. We had four princesses and two <laughs> and two of Cinderella's mice who come around and got pictures and stuff of okay. those, which is uh, which is pretty mice cool. On your table. Not actual <laughs> mice on your table, no. Um, but people dressed up in suits, which was really really mm. good actually. It was it, it was different, um, but it is very much princess focused. What I did find is that there was not a single Maui thing from Moana. It was all Moana. Or um, or Moana and Pua, or Moana and Hey Hey. There was no no Maui whatsoever, which really got me because, I mean, Maui is like my favourite Disney character mm. by a long shot. Wow! Not because it's played by The Rock, the Rock but <laughs> that is a good reason. It, it's a great reason, but it's not just that. It's because it's a great character. You know, he's a bit like Hercules. He's a demigod, but. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He doesn't kind of. I mean, he's he's a made up god, like most of them. But mm. he's. But Ma- Maui is to us is not really a you know a real sort of god. But to those in the South Pacific, mm. he's part of their folklore, or someone along that kin mm. is part of the folklore. And I think that that is what really kind of ingrained in me, and, and why I kind of fell in love with the character. I think he's great. Um, but there was absolutely nothing, nothing. There. It was all princesses. There was nothing for the princes or um, or even the the male characters. It is it is extremely focused on the little girls. I think it's 
it's not a bad thing, but uh, certainly um, there are things that are just sort of catered for for the young girls. I'll tell you what, if it was the other way around, it'd be sexist. <laughs> that is just saying. That, that just is saying. true, but <laughs> we won't go down that route. No. But um, but yeah, no, it, it yeah, the old style Disney movies are probably the best. Mm. I would say. Um, but if you had to pick one overall favorite film, it's got to be Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Um, the art style for me is incredible. I um, absolutely love the. Well, not only is the soundtrack Oscar nominated, um, which it was one of the first thing uh, uh, that was, I think, uh, a record setter in terms of it was an animated movie movie that got nominated for an Oscar. Um, but I just really love all the sort of. Um, all the sort of classic gothic architecture on the castle. It's spooky. Kids get that it's spooky. I still watch it and feel like a kind of eerie sense yeah. to the castle. Um, the way it's just done, it's like the Beast is almost kind of Batman in, in yeah, some parts because he hides yeah. and he's just like this imposing figure. Yeah. And yeah, uh, towards the end, there's a transformation sequence where obviously, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you should probably have by now. Uh, it's been out for god knows how many years yeah. um but basically the beast dies transforms back into a human and that it's just um I, I read somewhere that they basically took the um the statues uh of angelic poses i think created by michelangelo as yeah. inspiration for all the body poses that he does as he's transforming all right so it's all classically uh classically done art uh, and then they just put it into a Disney movie and work it into the magic. And it just looks really sort of unique and interesting and uh, not like anything that came before it. Because if you do look at stuff that came before it, like Snow White and um, Sleeping Beauty, I think those are the, some of the older ones. Yeah. Those are those are very sort of um, classic cartoons. Yeah, they're and very not, classically drawn, aren't they? They're They're quite... They're sort Quite. of side-scrolling yeah. in terms of like, uh, you know, they come in from the left side of the screen and they'll exit on the right side of the screen. Yeah. Uh, and there's not much sort of depth to it. Whereas when it was the beast transforming, it literally the camera is doing like swoops and everything that you don't really see up until Tarzan, uh, in which they fully admit that some of that, uh, some of the cartoon aspects of Tarzan uh, is the bridge into the uh, animated Disney that was the last right. fully uh, fully hand drawn one uh, that then trans uh, transferred into the animated styles that they're using today. Oh blimey! <clears throat> yeah, nice. I've done my research. You have done your research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Beauty and the Beast. I I do like. I, I'm not a massive fan of the remake. I prefer the mm. cartoon version. I like Angela Lansbury. I just like her voice. Her voice is just very quintessentially british i think all I think. of the characters in the original cartoon one was done to perfection yes uh, and it's very difficult to come along and just say right we're going to remake it and we're going to cast these people i think the actors that they did get were to their credit extremely good but i still just think that the original stands up better it's the one that i that i probably would be more inclined to watch over the original, over the the live action part of it. I mean, I know that they're they're doing all the Disney's now as live action, which mm. is a bit it's a bit boring. You know, they kind of run out of ideas. Oh, let's let's milk it a different way. Let's put it live action. In some respects, it's good. I mean, The Lion King will probably be epic, and yes. I think Aladdin yeah. will also be quite good. But again, it's the older style films that are being that are being done. Here's my question about The Lion King. When they're redoing it, they're taking it from a cartoon and putting it into CG, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They could technically, because there are no human characters that need to be recast, they could technic technically take the original sounds, like all of the... Just dub it over. Yeah, and just put it with a brand new CG um They could CG do. Aspect. They could do. They but, won't. <laughs> but they, well, they, they won't. They've already, re they've already cast Zazu. Mm. Um, they've already cast uh, Scar. And they've already cast... Mufasa. I just find so, it so weird that they're recasting these people when iconic people that are still alive, like Jeremy Irons. Like, oh, um, Jeremy Irons. Uh, oh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Rowan Atkinson. Mufasa. Uh, Darth Vader. Uh, James L. Jones. James L. Jones. These people are still alive. Yeah. And it's almost saying, well, 
Yours is good, but we're going to try and make it better. And they were iconic. Well, so. yeah. I mean, for for our generation, it will always be mm. Jeremy Irons a scar. <laughs> I mean, he's just the perfect scar. It's just his voice, just yeah. his delivery. It's something that me and my wife were talking about when we were when we were driving to uh, Disneyland Paris. That we were we were talking about the live actions, and we were talking about why, you know, like you said, why they don't get Jeremy Irons to just do it. Mm. And they just don't get James L. Jones to do it. And they don't get Rowan Atkinson to do it because they were so brilliant that they could easily now, instead of dubbing it, just redo it. Mm. You know, I mean, they are iconic. I suppose because it's a remake uh, and they want to go a different route. But you're going to get these next generation kids that are suddenly going to come up and be like, oh, the remake was better. And we're going to have to be those old school, old people sitting there going, nope. Nope. We're going to have to have wooden sticks, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to have to just hit them with them and say, nope, it's the originals. Exactly. What are you talking about? It's the same <laughs> when someone said to me that Ghostbusters 2016 was better than the original. I felt like I had to just trip them up and wow. pummel them. Yeah, it was literally, it was like this 17-year-old kid, and I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Just shush. I Be think, quiet. I think, in, I don't want to say it, but uh, movies seem to be getting a bit dumb and... I don't know if it's a generational thing where people are just liking the sort of non-thinking movies, but the comedy in the original Ghostbusters was really dry. I know we're getting sort of off topic. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it took dry dry humour from the original Ghostbuster and transformed it into some slapstick stand-up yeah, comedy know. that was just... But then there's a fear that they might do that with Aladdin because there mm. are some quite quite dry moments in the Aladdin films and there's some quite serious that with the wrong actors I mean Will Smith as Genie come on I mean that's just asking for trouble um, I think but he's he's not anyway. he's not slapstick he's not no. whereas Genie is a slapstick character he, that's what he is that's what he does but then so, again to us to our generation us discussing this, we need like a young person in here to sort of argue their point because we're just <laughs> yeah. absolutely slating the remakes. But like to us, Robin Williams is the genie and will always be the genie. Without there is doubt. There's not a single person on this earth that could be cast uh, unless it's one of those people that you see on YouTube that can just basically imitate Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, no one's going to match up. Will Smith is definitely not going to match up. As funny as he can be, he is no Robin Williams. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> on that happy note, <laughs> on that happy note, let's play a little bit of music. I can show you the world shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let? Your heart desire. I can open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder, over sideways and under on a magic carpet ride. A whole new world, a new Say we're only dreaming Thank you. 
ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, let us pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot order. Why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing. They can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We our guest, be our guest. Beef ragout, cheese souffle, pie and pork on flambé. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. You're alone and you're scared, but the banquet's all prepared. No one's gloomy or complaining while the flatware's entertaining. We tell jokes, I do tricks with my fellow candlesticks. Put it all in perfect taste that you can bear. Come on and lick your glass, you want your own stressed, it's fine dining we suggest. Be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. He's not whole without a soul to wait upon. Ah, those good old days when we were useful. Suddenly those good old days are gone. Ten years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting, needing exercise, a chance to use our skills. Most days we just lay around the castle, flat, be fat, and lazy. You walked in and oops, a daisy. It's a guess, it's a guess, sakes alive, and I'll be blessed. Wine's important, thank the Lord, I've had the napkins freshly pressed. With this old she'll walk in, and my dear, that's fine with me. While the cups do this, I'll shoo it, I'll be bubbling, I'll be brewing, I'll get warm, I've been hot. Heaven's sakes, is that a spot? Clean it up, we want the company impressed. We've got a lot to do, is it one love or two? For you, our guest. Two absolutely classic songs there from classic um, Disney films we were talking about. And I was just saying off air to Alex <laughs> that uh, even though I've I've just come back from Disney, I'm, I'm suddenly having the Disney blues mm. and, my, and my wife is going through it. And if you've never been to Disney, you'll never actually know what the Disney blues are because everything is so fast paced in Disneyland mm-hmm. that... It's just kind of a hundred miles an hour, you know. Got to go on all the rides, eat all the food, do all the adventures, and yeah, that's that's your life. <laughs> it's just it, it it is just mad. It's it, Disney is life. No matter where you go, in the hotels or in the uh, the studios or even in the village, everything is just all Disney, and everyone moves at such a fast pace, and it it just kind of all encompasses. And you live mm. it for a week. I mean, we were there for a week, and. You know, the drive home was nine hours, but that was just like a blur. Mm. And now it's kind of like looking back at all the photographs and going through the photo <laughs> pass that we've got. It's kind Are of you like... going to burst out into a Nickelback song soon? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, fantastic. No. That's but good, it good was, it, it, it's brilliant. And I would go along with, the, you know, it is the happiest place on earth because everyone is so super happy. But what gets me about about Disney as a whole is that, 
they have the the whole ethos runs through everything they do from the shops to the cleaning crew during the night to just the rides and the, the staff everybody's just so upbeat you don't see a miserable person well i never I've, saw a miserable person anyway <laughs> i've got a question for you it's kind of morose but Go i'm going to ask it how many people do you think have died at disneyland how many people do i think has died yeah uh what paris shanghai anyone any i don't know a hundred zero nobody's died at disney nobody has been declared dead at disney they've been dragged outside and then declared dead absolutely uh, yeah. they um officially you cannot be declared dead inside of disney uh the ambulance will arrive take your uh body away and at the hospital you are declared dead but you cannot be declared dead on disney property how bizarre yeah it's um it's things there are lots of things about disneyland where they are specifically set as rules so that there are no um, bad thoughts bad uh, sort of negative uh, connotations about disneyland so that you cannot uh, possibly uh, have those sort of bad things interrupt your day as you're going through it and you can't think oh well uh, we've got to be careful on this ride because you know six people have died on it yeah uh, well you say that i was I was queuing up with my dad and my stepdaughter, <laughs> oh and we were queuing up for the rock dark. and roller. Oh yeah, twice. The first time we 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 got through everything, and then we were queuing, and then suddenly all the lights come on. Everyone was taken off the 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 cart that was waiting to go. There was a, a blank, a, an empty one running through it, and they just closed it. And then oh. we, we went back again a couple of hours later, and the same thing happened again. I was like. Oh man, I'm never going to get to go on this. <laughs> eventually, eventually, I went. Eventually, we went on it, and it was fine. You know, mm. there was no issues. But they're very super safety conscious. Oh yeah, very. very. And the, the the characters as well. I mean, you know, I did a lot of selfies with a lot of the characters. They're not real. <laughs> you know, well, no, well, they are real. In suits. <laughs> people in suits, but they were so sorry, kids, interactive. Any, any yeah, any kids listening? that are listening, yeah, sorry. Um, but it they were so super interactive, which mm. was brilliant. Um, and Spider-Man was the best, especially with my little boy, mm. who was dressed in a Spider-Man suit. He was amazing, absolutely amazing. And it was probably the most interactive that uh, a cast member has been mm. in, in any of our visits. But but yeah, no, Disneyland Paris, I definitely am suffering the blues at the minute. So this is yeah. kind of picking me up a little bit. It's it's one of those things where no matter how, how old you get, there's still something to go back for. Like, I want to go back to go on all of the rides again because i've just simply forgotten yeah well hyperspace mountain as it's now called has hyperspace been, yeah it used to be called space mountain it's now yeah. hyperspace and it's now star wars themed oh I'm, so I'm all so of the inside is funny because all of the inside bit where the track is mm. that's all star wars based but the outside is still pretty much the same <laughs> space mountain yeah, yeah pretty much the same um the carts have changed they're blue but that's the only real difference um, but it, it, it's, it's still the same ride. Mm. Still, it's still brilliant. It was still the first one I ever went on, uh, and mm. it's still fantastic. I mean, Big Thunder Mountain is probably still an all-time classic. I love the cowboy section. Yeah, just... adventure. Uh, is it Adventureland? No, I'm not sure what it's called. I can't think what it's, it's called. But yeah, no, fun. it was. Yeah, it was awesome. It, like, there's not a single part that isn't fun. To be no. fair. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say this is just the good therapy for me. Um, but. So I have a question for you. Go on, then. Uh, unless you have something. No, go on. Go for it. Okay, so I think a Disney movie is uh, is about two people. It is about the protagonist and the antagonist. And I want to ask you, what is your favourite Disney villain? Favourite Disney villain? Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm. Oh, there's so many you can choose from, see, because you can choose uh, you can choose Maleficent, you can choose Ursula, you could choose Cruella, classic, you could choose Jafar. <laughs> but I think for me, I'm going to go with Scar. Hmm, good choice, good choice, Jeremy yeah. Irons. Not just that, but I, I think that his whole character himself is such an egotistical character, so, so hard done by, so worries me, that he becomes so involved in everything that he's doing to try and erase Mufasa and Simba that ultimately he ends up doing himself over anyway. Yeah, yeah. Through the hyenas and, you know, through the Pride Lands being wrecked and, and everything. And, and I think kind of he 
gets too involved into into him himself that he doesn't see what's really ha- he can't see past the end of his nose. Mm. So he doesn't see what's happening. And I think the way that the lines are delivered, especially from you know in, in the Jeremy Irons way, mm. you know they're delivered with a way in which when they hit you, they hit you. They, there's an impact in in those lines. And the yeah. same with um, James L. Jones, Mufasa. They when when he speaks. Oh yeah, he, they they resonate. He carries some power in that. Yeah, voice. absolutely. But so does Jeremy Irons, but in a different way. And I would have to say, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'd go with Scar. It's it's a it's a really good choice. Yeah, um, my my sort of personal picks. Uh, you've got the classics like uh, Ursula, like you said. You've got Maleficent, uh, Captain Hook's a great one. Yeah, Captain he, Hook. He is one of the few Disney villains that like is kind of bumbling, kind of like. You know he's never actually going to win. There's not a single chance for yeah. Captain Hook to win, and he makes you laugh. Um, uh, Shan Yu from Mulan, Mulan. Uh, yeah, really intimidating. Another another sort of character that's like slightly otherworldly because of his weird sort of yellow eyes. Yeah, but also a film that doesn't get the credit that it's mm. due because it's a it's a very well written film, very well delivered film, and in terms of overall story arc. It's mm. probably better than the likes of Bambi. Oh, yeah. Snow White. Bambi is a tough movie to get through. Like, yeah. <laughs> not only from the emotional sides of Bambi's mother dying. and uh, like yeah, but Have good... you noticed that, that Disney have a thing about killing off parents? Same as uh, Marvel. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They've gone into the good business. <laughs> yeah, they've kind of merged together. You know what? Let's just kill everybody. Yeah, just kill the parents. Yeah, it's just killed their parents. Yeah, no. but but they do have a they they do have a um do have a thing about mm. about that. But yeah, I, I like Mulan. Mm. It's not one that I would watch time and time again. But if it's on, I'd sit and watch it with the yeah, kids. Certainly. Yeah. You know, same with Hercules as well. My wife loves Hercules. She oh, loves the film. I'm I'm obsessed with Hercules. Uh, the there's just like Hades. Oh, that yeah. is an incredible performance by James Woods. Um, love, love James Woods. You've got Danny DeVito in there randomly. But isn't it funny just at the 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 actors that that play roles that you don't realise it's it's them Mm. until there are these sort of there are these actors that go into Disney movies and you would never think in a million years that they would go into and do these things Um, and they do and they're fantastic and the whole reason that they're chosen is because they've got such unique uh, voices. Um, Danny DeVito's got that sort of really sort of gruff voice. Yeah. Eddie Murphy has a, a an incredible laugh. And like, you know, you that know laugh is, yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, um, they, they know how to pick them. They've, they've been in the business long enough, long enough to know who to cast in what roles and who's going to be good. And they're still nailing it with like Dwayne Johnson. He did an, fantastic job uh in moana and i was super surprised when i heard him sing i know i did not I expect in a million years that uh he would actually be doing the singing parts and he gave it his, and gave it his all and he came out better than some people in like lay Miz. yeah absolutely and i do want to talk about moana because that <laughs> is my say, if you do, bring, don't that, bring up lay Miz. <laughs> that that is my favorite disney film and i will i'll, mm. I'll talk about it after this Tool. 
You're listening to the Film and TV Show with Richard S. on Heroin Community Radio. <laughs> okay, okay. I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes, let's begin. Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? <laughs> Look at him, yo. Oh, also I lasso the sun. You're welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also I harness the breeze. You're welcome. To fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome for the islands I pulled from the sea. There's no need to pray, it's okay, you're welcome. Ha! I guess it's just my way of being me. You're welcome, you're welcome. Well, come to think of it, kid, honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground, oh, that was Maui just messing around. I killed an eel, I buried its guts, sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What does it take away? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been, I make everything happen. Look at that me, mini Maui, just take it down. You're welcome, The Rock. I absolutely love it. And we were just saying, actually, just while they were playing, that those two songs are my absolute favourite songs ever, I would say, mm. from a Disney film. I absolutely love them. Uh, and, and like we were, we were talking, the, the, the Samoan language in the, the first song is absolutely amazing. And I know them word for word. I can even sing those words. I don't know what they mean. I've tried to find the translations, but they all seem to be different. But mm. I can sing them, and I absolutely... Well, I, I can try to sing anyway. But I, <laughs> I, I love them. And the thing that I, I love about Moana is the authenticity about the film. Because every actor, bar Alan Tudyk, <laughs> who plays Hey Hey, who plays... He's, he's so versatile. He's, he, he's a brilliant actor. But apart from him, everybody else is of that descendancy. They're, they're from yeah. the South Pacific, you know, Auli'i Cravalho, who plays um, Moana, mm. you know, she did it on the off chance that she'd get it. And she's absolutely fantastic for a 15-year-old to be that composed and that amazing, especially when you see her in interviews and stuff. is brilliant. And you've got The Rock, um, Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Veranda, mm. um, who did the soundtrack, did an absolutely amazing job and the soundtrack is like 50 songs long mm. but they're not all songs there's about 13 songs and the rest are all um symphonies and instrumentals and they are they're breathtaking you have they, to really commend disney in terms of um the cultural sort of understanding that they're now bringing to the table that before they probably weren't so hot on and now that they're coming towards it like there was a massive um outcry uh, just before Princess and the Frog, where there was no sort of um, princesses of uh, coloured descent or anything yeah. like that. And they they take on board all this sort of criticism and they address it full on with, like, the next projects. Is, yeah, uh, well, suddenly, Tiana in Princess in, and the Frog. Exactly, is, uh, Tiana's there. And then we get uh, this one, and I think there was some, uh, well, 
you'll know in recent uh, sort of news and everything, there's issues with whitewashing going on in terms of like any movies that are um, like The Great War in. Uh, do you remember that movie with Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was an issue with whitewashing because he had to be the lead protagonist because he was Matt Damon, uh, despite it being uh, directed and organized by uh, Chinese uh, studios. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted Matt Damon just as a, a name to pull audiences in rather than having it go to uh, sort of obscurity, yeah. uh, despite the amount of money that they put into the production. Uh, there's been issues with whitewashing, and it's so refreshing that they do even address that in terms of voice casting, uh, because they could have technically chosen anyone to do uh, those roles. Absolutely, and... uh, you know, I mean, anyone could have could have done any of those roles. Mm. But that, like you say, the beauty of it is that they they didn't go that route. They went for authenticity, and mm. that's what that's what really gets me. And I was watching a documentary about it as well, and they the directors actually spent. 18 months in the South Pacific Islands mm. looking at the tattoos, looking at how they're drawn, looking at how they act, how they speak, you know, looking into their beliefs, talking to, to natives and getting their their stories, you know, and, you know, the story of uh, Tafiti and mm. the story of of Maui and, and, and everything about that and the it, voyages. And they actually put a lot of time if they, into making it authentic. If they didn't do the research, it would come off as an insult to the people. And uh, I think the movie itself is a celebration of their um, their heritage, really. And Absolutely. And it's a really, really sort of uh, loving display uh, towards them of uh, understanding and sort of trying to bring it to uh, bring it to everyone. And and that's what you know. That's another thing that I love about about Moana is that. It is something completely different. It's not your atypical princess, you know, because Moana isn't a princess. She's a, you know, she's a, a chief's daughter. She's going to inherit. Technically a princess. <laughs> no, 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 because he's not a, he's not a king. He's a chief, so it's absolutely different. And, and Still a, uh, there's even there's even a quip that, that the rock that that Maui does is that he says, "Well, you're not a princess. You know, mm. you're a chief's daughter. You're not a princess," which I think is is brilliant to kind of bring it more down down to earth and more down to 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 realization for for where they are because let's be honest it, there'd be no such thing as princesses in in those times and i think they got that spot on i mean they got the soundtrack the the characters the casting everything about it was great and what what really gets me is that it was nowhere near as big as frozen and that's why, I, and, mm. and I can't understand why. Maybe because I'm seeing it from an adult's perspective. But I mean, my children love Moana. They watched it so much they're now bored of it. But they will watch <laughs> it again eventually. Yeah, I could sit and watch it, you know, at least once a day, every day for the rest of my life. That's a bit much. No, honestly, because <laughs> I can just sit back, relax, and I can just be absorbed into this world. You know, because I've always had, uh, I've always had a fascination with those sorts of tribes from the South mm. Pacific, Samoa, Togo, all of that sort of area. And, you know, the the Maui tattoos and uh, just the Maori culture itself, mm. I've always had a thing. And I think Disney have done a fantastic job with it. And, you know, with when you put everything together, you kind of think, well, actually, do you know what? It, it's It's got to be one of the most authentic th- films you'll ever see, not just from Disney, but in, in anything, because... I can't think of any other film, modern film, mm-hmm. that's so authentic. That that's authentic. They've gone into that. I mean, even the tattoos are original tattoos that they actually got the locals to draw for them, and then the the people at Disney Studios drew them back. I'm racking my brain now to try and like call you up on an authentic movie, uh... and I mean authentic in a way. Like Moana is, yeah, and not yeah. authentic in, oh, well, we'll bang us a couple of houses that look like it's from there, or we'll do mm. this because it looks like it's that. Honestly, I can't think of any film that's as authentic I... when dealing with things like, you know, tribes and... and It's difficult to say, really, because there are modern films out there that do a fantastic job of not only uh, world-building and developing and completely immersing you in that much the same way as um, Moana does with the South Pacific tribes but I can't think of something from a real world perspective where they take a 
known thing from uh from you know our culture or whatever actual world uh, and develop on it other than obviously the other disney movies like hercules takes on greek mythology and things like that yeah but but you can argue that that's not as authentic because it's kind of using folklore and using what we already know whereas Um, you've got to you do realize like moana's not I know like, Moana's not real, real but I know <laughs> just... I know it's not real. But what I'm saying is, is that things like the tattoos, the language, the yeah, the the, the mannerisms, the the way in which everything's laid out, that's authentic. We all know about Greece. How many people know much about Maori culture or people? Well, to say that we all know about it, um, not everyone knows about no, it really. No, but... no, everyone everyone does stuff in history about it, don't they? Anyway, yeah. we get, we're getting yeah. off topic here. Moana is my favourite film. <laughs> my absolute favourite film. Um, mm. And I would argue it to the hilt with anybody. Frozen is a great film. Yeah, it's a very good film. Uh, but I think that it's kind of been so overdone that it's kind of... I'm going to throw it out there. Um, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I, other than the slightly different storyline of having... Uh, it be sisterly love rather than uh, romantic interest. Yeah. I didn't see much of a difference from any other sort of story. Uh, it was set in uh, Norway. Scandinavia. Scandinavia. Um, that was an interesting um, setting, but um, you could have told me it was Fantasia or, you know, Fantalasia or make well, a name up. And yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have made a difference to me. No. Um, and, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. The songs were great, and they were sung to perfection, but, yeah, it wasn't something that instantly jumped onto my list of, no. oh, this is fantastic, and this this really set something different. Um, to me, uh, Tarzan was the end of an era. <laughs> um, not to say that, like, the new uh, animation style is any worse or better, but it was certainly an end of a uh, hand-drawn era that was uh for our generation uh, a real sort of growing point and we grew up with those things and we learned valuable lessons hopefully <laughs> absolutely not to be evil well well some yeah and i think that's the beauty of disney films in itself is that There's there are underlying there are underlying kind mm. of messages i mean in the recent cars film the underlying message of acceptance and looking at a different path that may not be where you wanted to go but you'll be just as good at, at doing something different. I thought it was great. Uh, and you can read all about that in uh, the next Scene magazine as well, which uh, I have I've done a, a review for the Scene magazine on that. And on You can Dunkirk. be anything you want to be, except for an actual car. <laughs> yes. And you have to wonder, right, for his insurance, does he get car insurance or life insurance? Mm-hmm. I'd think he'd get Owen Wilson insurance. <laughs> wow. <for> now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. And on that lovely note, Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no person craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame. What a change in my name! Oh, what's in a name? And I got down on it! How did you feel? Every time that I. Pumper, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata! What a wonderful phrase! Hakuna Matata! i
Good old Randy Newman. <laughs> we were just absolutely ripping it because he was it's family guy. Yeah, family, yeah, guy's yeah, family guy. Singing about what he sees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. But uh, another great film there, Toy Story. I, yeah. I love Toy Story and I don't think it can ever get boring. I think it's great. You know, At the moment, my kids are going through the Toy Story phase. They love yeah. Buzz. They love Woody. They love Bullseye. Um, they, they love Jesse and... Uh, Slinky and Mr. Potato Head. Hopefully and... they don't like Bo Peep, who disappears after the first one. I know, she just kind of vanishes. <laughs> and then We replay... don't talk about the Bo Peep. Yeah, don't talk about her or her sheep. <laughs> but yes, it is uh, it is a great film. It is, um, again, I think Disney don't really have bad films. And they've also, they don't mm. make that many bad decisions because they've just taken on Marvel. They've just taken on, well, not say just, they've taken on Star Wars as well now, from which they bought from Lucasfilm. That is two massive um, intellectual two, properties. Absolutely. And they've uh, they've done not bad jobs, really. When you think about, you know, what they're taking on, they've done not bad jobs. And In terms of Marvel, uh, they've had that for quite some time. They um, yeah. They did that and they've been succeeding with that. That's their baby. Uh, they've gotten to where they need to be. Uh, to be like just absolutely dominating superhero movies yep. at the moment, it, it's pretty much um, DC can always have uh, Justice League to come back with, and Wonder Woman was really good, not as good as everyone else thinks it was, but <laughs> certainly um, I enjoyed it as well. Um, but certainly Marvel are definitely light years ahead in terms of this race, uh, uh, yeah. If there is a race at all, no, to absolutely. be honest, I don't really believe in it. Um, no, but in in terms of Star Wars, I think it's. Uh, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big on my Disney, but Star Wars is is my life. Um, you, you'll not find a bigger nerd about it. I know all the extended uh, universe stuff, like books, games, everything. Um, it, Star Wars is coming down to this next movie, 
uh, this is the sort of sort of linchpin to find out whether Disney can actually use this property for a really good um, franchise, franchise, or whether they're just going to milk it for the money that they can get and leave it after. Because the... it's Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's it's very much dependent on this next movie. If if people see right through it and it becomes just another clone move. Uh, say clone clone wars movie well uh, just another movie that's ripped off from empire strikes back because we all know force awakens was great had really great visuals but at the end of the day it was a new hope yeah because it it was you know it was very yeah it was very similar and there was a lot of things that lined up and people were they they tried to pass it off as just like a um sort of homage but it really came down to it was almost a remake yeah which I think a lot of people will will agree with, and I think that Disney have done. I think Disney have done a great job in taking them on, and I think that um, you know, for, for for all that they're doing, taking mm. on Star Wars is probably the next step for them because they've kind of done with it. They they're still doing the Disney thing, you know, inverted mm. commas, because that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but they're also now branching out and doing the other stuff. Um, which I, I think will be good. And they've kind of, you know, they're going to have a Marvel hotel at Disneyland Paris in 2019. Hotel New York will now become Hotel Marvel. That's going um, to be very strange. That's <laughs> going to be pretty awesome by all accounts, I think. It's I going really to be, hope it's like a um, shield heli- helicarrier inside or something. Uh, who knows what it will be like. But <laughs> or they're the Avengers doing, Tower. That'd be good. But I think they're leaving. I think they're just going to redo the insides, yeah. leave the outsides as it is. Um, they've also changed uh, Discovery Land. They're slowly turning that around to Star Wars Land. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got they've got loads of stuff in there now. The only thing that's left really now is um, Autotropolis and the Buzz Lightyear ride. Mm. That's all that's left in there that isn't really Star Wars related. So I think that will go. But um, but yeah, but talking about Star Wars, it leads me on to uh, on to next week's show, mm. where next week I will have um, two guests with me and obviously if Alex wants to come along as well and it will be the two guys that are running the Feel the Force Day um, charity Comic Con for uh, those with disabilities and they've had a bit of a bit of a tough week basically um, they were robbed and everything was taken so they're coming on to talk about the Comic Con itself and to see if there's anybody who can who can help mm. them uh, it is on on the 30th of um 30th of September here in Peterborough in the UK at the Kingsgate Centre. So for those of you who want to go, please do. It's obviously, you know, it's not just for for those with disabilities. It it can be for everybody and and, and they'll be talking about it next week. Mm. So um, I'm really super excited about that because that's obviously a a Star Wars con. Mm. It's, It's Disney related, but we're going to be talking about all sorts as well. So, so that will be, that will be awesome. Um, so yeah, that's another. That's the end to another <laughs> another hour. It's kind of gone massively quickly, mm. um, as it always does. Uh, thank you again, Alex. No for problem at all. If you are want to come next week, it would be awesome. If I get to discuss Star Wars with some fellow Star Wars geeks, I'm more than here. Awesome, that would be great. <laughs> um, so yeah, so for you guys, it won't just be Star Wars. It will kind of be very laid back. We will be. We'll be talking about the con, talking about you know mm. the who, what's the where, the why, the how. Play some music as well. I'll try and find some Star Wars music that we can save, <laughs> we can use, and maybe use again for a Star Wars one. I don't know. We'll have to see. Fantastic. But um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, for those of you in the podcast, thank you so much for downloading. If you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe and uh, listen back to some of the other shows that we've done. Uh, we do try to do as many different types of themes as as we can and try and keep it relevant with the music as well and because it is a radio show it does go out live which you can listen to it every monday uh, on the tuning app at Harrywood radio at 8 20 p.m you can also follow us on twitter at the ftv show on facebook ftv show please get involved please get in touch um again please subscribe and please share with your friends um and i will look forward to speaking to you all again next week have a good one thanks for stopping by it's been super. <laughs> bye bye. It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Super califragilistic, expialidocious. <laughs> Because 
Cause I was afraid to speak when I was just a lad My father gave me nails a tweet and told me I was bad But then one day I learned a word to save me aching nose The, the biggest, biggest word you ever heard, heard and this is how it goes Oh, soup and the music gets me out of the Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious You can say it loud enough, you'll always sound for conscious Super When Dukes and Martin Rogers pass a time of day with me, I say we special word and then we off we off to two. Woo! Supergallifragilistic, it's me, Helen Gomez. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always have a conscious. The Film and TV Show with Richard S.